I'm not buying this story. <laughs> <laughs> it's too nice. I'm not buying this story. Like, story. <laughs> you walk into a cafe. There's this guy. I went to Jackie. I was going to. Were you stalking? Because remember, yes, I was. Oh, okay. I was. I was. This is like back then where, remember when people used to snap everywhere? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Check it. Coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> that was dangerous. That's true, <laughs> begin hi everybody um all 900 plus of our subscribers on youtube Woo-hoo. welcome to night to life and today we have a man who should be doing the intro uh, <laughs> but he's got the voice for it he's got the voice for it so uh mashudu modawu who is a podcaster and entrepreneur amongst a few other things and as usual uh we've got lesejo today looking very snazzy Thank you, my brother. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Hi, guys. Welcome again to Nine to Life. Uh, all how many? Nine hundred plus. plus. Crazy. We close to a thousand. That's yeah. amazing. That's crazy, right? right? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys, for all the support. We've got an amazing guest today. We did promise you guys that we're not going to bring you, or we're going to bring you a good mix of traditional and non-traditional yes. careers, right? Mm-hmm. And today we've got a podcaster. Yeah. Which is crazy. I wonder how you explain to your grandparents what you do. Tell us about that. Uh, or maybe yeah, let, let's start with an intro. Yeah, I think you would do a great job introducing yourself. You do this for a living. Well, I wouldn't do it any different than you guys did. Ah, like, perfect. You know, entrepreneur, creator, podcaster, and like mm-hmm. other slashes. Uh, and I think that's like like that's the typical millennial career path yes. now, right? It's like mm-hmm. We are slashies. We're not just one thing. It's yeah, like mm. more than one thing. Yeah, actually. Always. Mm. But yeah. And then when did you hit a, uh, your 900? When was your 900 moment? Uh, <laughs> you're clapping for us now, and I'm like, just, that's she amazing. Like, She's probably like, these guys are playing. Not even. <laughs> so actually, like, I think you guys think more consciously about video and uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that very consciously until like very recently. Okay. And by recently, I mean in the last three months. So I only really started taking video seriously for my podcast in the last three months or so. Um, I think I've released like, yeah, the last nine or so episodes with like actual video, um, the whole episode, and you get to listen and watch. Yeah. It's mo- mostly because of arrogance, I think. Like you always think, <laughs> you know where your audience it. is, right? Yeah. And like I thought my audience was on, you know, just podcasts, just audio, and like dedicated to Spotify and Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But only now am I really learning how much more video actually matters, like in this space. And yeah, data is contradicting what you believe in. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta listen to data, man. Uh, wow, no, man, uh, that is quite impressive. So, why did you start podcasting? Um, why are you not at Builders Warehouse, uh, like, or anywhere else? Like, you know, yeah. Why are you podcasting? So it started um, 
really from a frustration, right? And I think like most mm -hmm. entrepreneurial creative endeavors start that way, where like you find a problem that no one else is really really cares about, yeah. and you try and solve for that problem, right? So mm -hmm. my thing was just like I looked through media, traditional media. The stories about entrepreneurship, small businesses, startups is really just like victory laps only, right? Like we only talk to entrepreneurs when they're winning and we only let them tell us about all the good things. But you never hear about the process. You never hear about how like difficult it might be, you know, the financial challenges and stuff like that. Yeah. I had this theory that if you actually, you know, one of these celebrity entrepreneurship interviews and like the radio, the DJs just asking all the nice all questions, the nice you know, questions. are you winning? You know, tell us more, tell us more. And then... Just out of nowhere, but like, what's your accounting like? I think most entrepreneurs would have vomited like on the table. <laughs> and I wanted a podcast that actually asked those questions, right? Like, how, what is this really like? And yeah, that's where my podcast really started. And then that sort of turned into a, a podcast network and it's turned into different other things. Sheesh, crazy. That's so interesting. And arguably, that's, that's what's important. Um, yes. in terms of sharing your message, right? Uh, it's all good and well to share successes, but if you check percentage-wise, I imagine, of the people that actually make it, mm -hmm. I think the, the stats tell us that people, most people don't make it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's important for us to understand why, what went wrong, what could we do better. Mm -hmm. and, and for us as well, um, when we started the podcast, it was really because... <coughs> it was really because... There was a need that we felt like wasn't being met in mm. terms of telling people how how to go about selecting your careers because this is an important decision right that's yeah, sure the, i was thinking about this the other day actually how just like at 17 someone says to you hey you should decide what you're going to do for the rest of your yeah, life yeah. <laughs> what? what it's do you mean? crazy how you haven't trusted me with a single decision my whole life but yeah. hey now now <laughs> it's your time you can do yeah. this yes so, so maybe let's start with, uh, before we get into the podcast uh, too deep and, and all the other things that you do, let's start with uh, your upbringing. Mm. Uh, where were you born? Where were you raised? Family structure? Cool. So I'm Soweto, born and raised. Okay. Um, which I think is like one of the most important things that can happen to you. Like you're just okay. born with you're a mindset that's different. I think you just like born in Soweto and you just have a certain energy that's just given to you. Okay. It's like, oh, wow, okay. okay. I'm yeah. from Soweto first and foremost. And then everything else. Um, it's a personality trait. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, they ask you in interviews. Yeah. Yep, I'm from Soweto. I'm from oh, okay. Already, you just like... Sorry about apartheid. <laughs> I don't think we should laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a born and raised um, by a single mother, but also um, an entire you know community of like aunts, cousins, sisters, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just like went to an Afrikaans boarding school for primary school, which is super important. Like really crazy lessons there. Yeah. And then moved to the East Rand um, for like most of my high school life, and then sort of a little bit into varsity. Um, yeah. What do you guys want to know? Everything, anything. <laughs> no, I'm Tell us about the lessons that you learned in that uh, boarding school. I think that's a non-traditional way of, you know, kids of bringing your kids up from a school yeah. interview. Yeah. And most of the time, we hear good things about how it was tough and that toughness made me better. You know, I don't know. I've never heard any really, you know, horror stories. Yeah. Boarding school. Really? 
No, I've never. <laughs> There's a lot. I would maybe we'll get into some of them. <laughs> but I think like, you know, I don't know if like grade three, starting grade three and going yes. to a boarding school is the best possible thing yes. for you. Yeah. But that that's what happened for me, right? Like grade three up until like grade seven or whatever it was. Okay. And it's like you just learn to you you learn to live with people. Like you learn to mm -hmm. be with people and you learn to find your place and find your people and like mm -hmm be able to operate on your own sort of like thinking mm, yeah. a lot earlier than I think most people need to, right? Like I think you should have time to be a kid and just like be a little bit reckless okay. when you're young versus like older because then you're gonna have like these difficult moments and you won't know how to deal with them. So I do think like it contributed a lot to like just more independence and like okay. thinking about things differently and like more, more clearly as well. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. Interesting. And then high school, you went. You were still in boarding. No, no, no. Okay. High school was just normal. Moved to the East Rand, which is like people don't talk about how different those two places are. So it yeah. versus the East Rand. Like okay. the East Rand, it has its own it. energy as well. Yeah. It's just yeah. like. There's a dangerous <laughs> energy. <laughs> in the East. Like a very like a tension. But anything can happen now. <laughs> and I like that. I think it's like... It's, you know it's crazy how people that are not from the hood, yeah. when they talk about your hood, yeah. the, the first thing that always comes up is how dangerous your hood is. I you don't think know? But I don't feel the same no. about Soweto. You don't. Soweto just feels like a PR exercise. Like, uh, yeah. It's like... The least exception. It's yeah. like... World here is township. <laughs> so, it's, so it's structured the like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't... Uh, like I don't even think that the guys who stopped uh, taxis they smoke yaupe. I can I just think that they're acting like. <laughs> like so it's just a it's a PR project for townships in South Africa. But then where in the East Rand? Because that also matters. Really where, yeah. um, where Between Leondale and, and Katleho. Oh, because okay. that yeah. has its own different uh, energy, like like, like Katoras with uh, Tembisa. It's quite different. Yeah. Uh, and then was it easy for you to adjust um, to not having sculptures and museums everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> to just make it a hood? I like adapting. Like, it's, yeah. it's so important. Um, you, you think you, you hear people talk about it in, like, work, whether mm -hmm. in entrepreneurship or as a career trait to have. Yeah. Being adaptable is, like, so critical, right? Like, they talk about it. If you think of that period during COVID, the people that were thinking very consciously about what the next move needs to be, no matter the environment that they were in, mm -hmm. are the people that ended up succeeding. And yeah. like being adaptable was the most important thing at that moment. Mm -hmm. Changing circumstances, systems, everything, it all came down to, okay, how quickly can you understand what the problem is and start to plot what success might look like for you? Hmm. So it's the same with like, whether it's moving to from Soweto to the East Rand, mm -hmm. just go okay. Understand. Take the time to understand the environment you're in. Okay, cool. Here you, you don't play with games. Like there's no, <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no, not as much room to just like figure things out. I think you need to know who you are. Yeah. Otherwise, you're gonna end up in dangerous situations. Sure. So, <laughs> I was quite happy when I found out that we have someone who is an entrepreneur as well. You know and who talks about entrepreneurship and what you said in the beginning 
about asking the right questions. I um, used to attend a lot of motivational speaker conferences mm. until I hated them. <laughs> and the reason that I hated them was because you are taking these people now and you're giving them all this fire. But mm. that does not equip us because in as much as we might have a motivational problem, but we also have a managing cash flow problem. So you have these people mm. who are inspired and then on Monday, they're still making the same mistakes. You know, what are some of these things that you are finding in your podcast that you are like outside of the riffraff, outside of the glowing lights and the Mr. Tembawaya on stage, what are some of these skills that you think are important for entrepreneurs to have? And from your entrepreneurs, the ones that are making it, what do they have in common? You know, I find it interesting, like the, the podcast that I learned the most from are the ones that people listen to the least, mainly because it's just like heavy, right? I think mm -hmm. that sometimes we're a bit hard on entrepreneurs who are trying to figure out what they're building. Mm -hmm. And that motivation could be the thing that's keeping them going. And they definitely need the skills to you know, figure things out. Yeah. But sometimes listening to a podcast where someone's telling you, hey, listen, <laughs> you're actually doing nothing, right? <laughs> that would be difficult, right? And I think like maybe we give them a break sometimes and go, you just want to listen to something fun. Yeah. You just want to chill, you know? Wow. But I do think um, the job now for me is to distill a lot more of those insights to the way in which these other mediums do, right? So I think like the reason why the motivational stuff works is because when someone watches it, they go, Dopamine, let's <laughs> go, right? And can we start to make the inside content just as exciting, just more interesting? So that when they watch it and there's still music and they see the words, they go, you know, first five seconds seems like it's going to be motivational and then it goes actually into a skill, right? Yeah. So I think like the, the, the time we're in now, it's very difficult to get people to dedicate their time mm -hmm. to educational content. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I need to adjust and, and, and really understand that only a few people deeply care enough to take the time and say, okay, I'm going to sit down with a notebook and really listen to this entrepreneur break down their business to its bare bones and really, really distill the process of starting building or growing something right so i think it's very hard to hold anyone like against them i don't hold anything against someone who's just like super excited to get excited right mm -hmm. i just want you to be able to act on that so for me it was like okay build the podcast make this really important content where people get to learn from entrepreneurs that are doing it at very different levels the one common thing amongst the entrepreneurs that I think have a lot to teach is like they're willing to teach, right? Like mm -hmm. these guys are not holding on to information. They're not trying to um, motivate for the sake of motivation. When you listen to these guys, you can hear the process being broken down. Mm -hmm. um, when it sounds wishy-washy, that's when you know that, oh, okay, I don't know. And it's okay. <laughs> I've never, you know, like my number one rule for my podcast is like never let anyone on it who's just there to PR something. Mm. Because if they're there to PR something, they're just gonna make their point and bounce, which is mm -hmm. the point being, please buy this product. Yes. We don't care about, you know, so my dedication is to my community to say, okay, I'm gonna make sure that you are learning from people that have done it at different levels, mm. and this is how we're gonna present it to you as much as possible. Mm. Um, but it sounds like you, you take your, your platform very seriously, right? Mm. Um, was this through, I guess a, a, a trial and error stage 
or did you know from the from the onset or look this i want this to be a very serious platform mm. um yeah how did you basically build up your your platform i think i had like room to fail <clears throat> and like figure things out right mm. so i wasn't just only an entrepreneur mm. but, like for the i don't know how many years i was working at yoko mm. then i was like consulting with different companies mainly just like connecting them to south africa's startup ecosystem and the ecosystem to them and that sort of gives you time to make mistakes with the things that you're building because then you're not relying on them to actually turn into money. Right? Mm-hmm. So I can go, okay, I'm going to make 100 episodes of this podcast and then after that I'll think about money. Mm-hmm. Whereas someone else is going, I want to think about money from day one, which means there's no room to fail and I don't know if I'm doing the right thing, but it needs to be like a wins every time. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me it was like, okay, let me figure out this podcast thing. How can we get more entrepreneurs telling the true story of like, how they start building growth things, okay? And then we build a platform, and I appreciate the point that you made earlier. Like, it's not enough to just be excited. There needs to be something that's being, like, equipped with these people, right? Yeah. So we built a platform called Founder Source. So Founder Source is a library of, like, resources for entrepreneurs, everything, from funding to um, organizations for accelerators, incubators, and stuff like that. And you've got so many other things that are just packed into this thing to enable someone to go, okay, I want to start something today. Can I find something that can help me? And that's what we've built this entire platform for. Mm-hmm. Then we built this other platform called PaperShare, mainly just sharing non-developer jobs at startups in South Africa, which I thought was like such a simple problem to solve because like there's people that want to work at startups that don't code, mm-hmm. and they do really meaningful work, right? Like I was a generalist at Yoko, where it's like you don't code, mm-hmm. but you work at a startup and you add value in different ways, and I think there should be a place for that. So I'll always just try and build different platforms and things that plug into the podcast and plug into the sort of social media thing to make sure that someone's going, you know, I might have seen the quote and like I'm, I'm excited now, but then I'm also clicking on the other thing that is an entire library of resources or I'm clicking on the podcast where it's a, an entire like library of like skills and le- learning and knowledge and other people's experiences that you can leverage from as well. So important. Because you can't even get that in a book, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like someone's experience, real life experience. Mm-hmm. You, need, <clears throat> you need sort of a collection of people to tell you about the experiences, this is what I've experienced and whatever. How do you, how do you define success in your career? So this is podcast, this is creating, this is entrepreneurship. What does success look like to you? Yeah. So I know you guys talk about careers a lot. And like there was this guy, um, Scott Galloway. I think three years ago, he was talking about how the future looks like, you know, we are all Uber drivers, basically, right? (laughs) Sort of thing, which is like, you go on an app and someone orders your services just like they order Uber or order food, where they're just like, today I need a consultant for (laughs) South Africa startup ecosystem. I want to understand what's happening in the communities and the, you know, whatever is happening. Mm -hmm. Can I get this person? They come in, they come for the week that you need them, they get paid they go off, you rate them on an app, and like that's the whole career thing, right? Mm-hmm. Now I think of my career a lot more like that, except not the Uber thing, but just like <laughs> I work for so many different people mm-hmm. doing so many different things. Success for me just looks like making sure that I'm still serving my purpose, right? So okay. as long as I'm enabling, educating, um, empowering, or encouraging entrepreneurs, or building experiences where entrepreneurs are learning, being empowered, or something is happening that helps them start or build or grow, then I'm fine. So it really doesn't matter like what I end up doing. I could be, you know, 
just focus on podcasts for the next year. Mm. Or I could just focus on building these platforms for the, like the next year. Or just focus on just consulting for all these different companies. Mm. But it's all about one thing. Like, can we get entrepreneurs starting building and growing and people wanting to, you know, try things differently, um, want to build things of their own, want to be able to challenge themselves to try again. Because I do think like, I don't like motivational speakers, but, <laughs> but, 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 but they play an important part, right? Okay. They, they play an important role. Mm. I think we have a generation of young people who don't believe anything is possible for them anymore. Mm. And what you need, you actually need that second part of someone just, hey man, believe in yourself again. Like just one more time. Yeah. And they take that energy, they find something like this, a podcast about careers. Yeah. They listen to that career podcast and understand someone's journey and go, okay, I could do that. That's something that actually could like be worth you know, my time in pursuing that. And they take that advice and they try and do something with a career. So I think like, you need all these different people in the ecosystem to feed into it and help us just like constantly improve, constantly get better. Mm. Hmm. So um, you had those values. Uh, what were they to enable? Enable, encourage, empower. <laughs> and yeah. So I think, yeah, that is quite important because then it means that you'll never be out of purpose and out of work. You're just going to channel it into different things at different stages of your life, but it'll always mm. be doing that along the journey you're going to pick up people who are going to join you as employees and then whatnot mm. you are the pioneer you have the vision how do you impart that into people who just might not have that you they are just here for a paycheck mm. or you just accept that i'll have the vision alone and how do you do that yeah so i think like there's a lot of reasons why a lot of the businesses i've started have failed and one of them is because I can't build a team. That's something that I've struggled with. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs do. Like, yeah. that is the hardest thing. If you can't get one person to believe just as much as you do that mm. this thing will be successful, yeah. that's it. Mm. <laughs> that's it. Like, that's there's so no... crazy because a lot of times we start things with a lot of vigor and we expect the people that we start them with yes. to have the same amount no, of... No, they, they won't because they'll never be able to see it the way you do. Sure. They can't see in your heart. They can't see in your mind. You see this like one track where mm -hmm. this thing will be successful. Yeah. There's an innovate. I'm not gonna say that word. Innovation. Innovation. I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> Wait, innovative podcast. <laughs> but for that, like, if you have this clear conviction that this thing is gonna succeed, but you mm -hmm. can't impart that on someone else, mm -hmm. it's over. And I think like where founders or entrepreneurs need to be more honest about themselves is we have different roles that we play. Mm -hmm. And without acknowledging that and start moving accordingly, you'll never be able to build anything. So for me now, it's like, okay, I've been able to build these really solid platforms where the people can connect to each other through values, right? And mm -hmm. we can build really great communities. Mm -hmm. That now I know. Mm -hmm. I can also build a really cool audience. I've learned mm -hmm. this understood how you could like game the system to do that too mm -hmm. but the one thing i need is like someone else who comes in and they can think of things differently where their skills are paired with mine mm -hmm. where i can amplify and like communicate messages but they are able to take all this energy and direct it towards a commercial actual endeavor right mm -hmm. like they understand the business just enough to go okay here's mm -hmm. what we're actually doing 
you can get people excited. I'm going to get them the money out of their pockets. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but you... <laughs> I'm enjoying talking to you, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, I think what's lovely is that a lot of the lessons, a lot of the things that you're speaking about now are applicable not just in entrepreneurship, but also in your career, right? So it's about, first of all, finding out long-term what you want to do or what you want to be, right? And build a value system around that. And then, and then also identify your own strengths and weaknesses, right? What yeah. you're good at, where you need development. And if you can, supplement those skills either by learning them or getting people involved that can sort of bolster the parts of your game that are missing. So that's, that's, those, are universal, those are universal concepts. And I, think, and, and I like that you, you talk about how you know, things haven't always been rosy for you, right? In as much as you've built such a great platform. Yeah. It hasn't all been sunshine and rainbow. <laughs> and I want to tell you, like, that's, that's part of the reason why a lot of people work with me. Mm. Okay. okay. A lot of brands work with me because I've been open about my failure. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because when, has, when have South African entrepreneurs ever just said, oh, yeah, I failed? Mm, never. Mm. I closed that, closed that business down. Yes. Ugh, it didn't work. It didn't work. Oh, cool. Brands go, wait, you're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is hitting home. <laughs> do you know that I still How get asked up? Yo, do you about know that? Mm. Like, Talk I still get asked about um, Rioxin Media. <laughs> <laughs> so, you failed at something? Yeah, so we had a, a business. Um, yeah. It was doing websites and printing, printing, and then later printing. So, it was like a Media for small businesses. We yeah, are yeah, yeah. here for you. You know, and then got a tender here, and then everything went well, and then well, obviously things went badly. And I sold it to my lawyer. Well, he was my lawyer on just one thing. because uh, because my lawyer means that every every, every day, time like, he's my If you slap me down, I can <laughs> you. <laughs> you know, so a lawyer. <laughs> So, and just for the name, for the CK number at the mm. end of the day, oh, because wow. um, you, he needed a company that had age uh, and we were just down and out, you know, yeah. it was just bad, bad, bad. And then he needed a CK number. So you sold your dream mm. as a two, I still remember, 2013 slash <laughs> <laughs> Let me not name it. Yeah. And it's. Always, it used to be embarrassing being asked about that because you mm. get it as an entrepreneur, your brand, you wear it on your shirt, sometimes mm. literally, you know, and we used to print those shirts. Mm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and people are now asking you because people like even my Twitter handle is Bonisila underscore RMS. So people are like, what's that RMS? I'm like, you know what I know. How have you managed to still keep going? Yeah, it's so important. I had like a, a talk earlier this week about this and I like came up with a phrase for this, right? You need to be able to attend the funeral of your failure. Yo. Like you need to do the whole thing, right? Do the whole thing. Like let's do the autopsy. Yeah. Like what happened to this thing? This thing was alive, but now it's dead. What's the cause of What actually death? happened? Ooh. What was the cause of death? Let's let's pick through every single part of this body to understand why we failed. Right, mm. we're not mm. doing this from a malicious place or like judgmental place. Yeah, we, we're do doing it. it from like I want to understand mm. and learn from this as much as I possibly can, mm. so that the next thing I do, I will no, not make these mistakes again. Mm. So you do the autopsy, 
You sit on the mattress. <laughs> you, you put it in the you put it in the box. You lower the box into the grave. You sing the songs. You, you eat the courage. Yeah, 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 the memorial. I like it. <laughs> you attend the funeral of your failure. And your people to speak. Yes, this and you, exactly. <laughs> Someone needs to be there. Like your mentor needs to be able to say, "Oh no." But you did absolutely zero market research to understand whether there was a there was a real opportunity here. Sure. What problem were you actually solving? Oh mm-hmm. no, we weren't. This was all ego. Mm-hmm. We are such amazing insights-based people that we just think, no, because I have this idea, obviously people are going to buy into it. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? I am so brilliant. Eesh. What? No. Yeah, it doesn't work like, it doesn't work like that. So and, I think like... And when do, you, when do you have this funeral? Because I feel like if you have it too early, there might be a bit of the ego left in there for you not to be able to give an honest assessment oh, of what yeah. went wrong, right? I think maybe two years into it, that's when you... Now there's no feelings anymore. Now you, you can you actually... You didn't feel David Honest took power. Now you can I think it's too late. When the David Honest are bouncing, my brother, you're in the very bland place now. So for me, it's like... Once you've gone through this entire process, you process the failure differently. Mm -hmm. Now you've learned as much. You are Mm -hmm. empowered by that failure. Because you've learned a lot now. Mm -hmm. And when you walk away from this thing, you can walk away standing tall and you say, no, Hmm. we took a swing. It didn't work. Mm. It's okay. So for me, you you ask the question, like, how do I keep going? For me, there are no, like, losses where I'm, like, completely paralyzed by. Mm -hmm. I'm not, like... The, you know, I'm not broken apart when things don't work out. Like, that's not how I think about things. It's always just like, if you start to realize how seasonal life is, mm. things are good sometimes, things are bad. And you just, like, learn to be able to manage your energy between those swings and those mm. seasons. And you start to, like, navigate differently. And I think that's what, like, growth gives you. is like that perspective that life is not going to be perpetually bad or perpetually good. Mm. Life just is. And you just... Figure it out. Mm. Roll with the punching. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but you know, <clears throat> I'd like to just for us to go back a bit. Um, in high school, what does Mashudu want to be? What does Mashudu want to do? How did Mashudu view life then? That's a long time ago, man. <laughs> <laughs> but even in high school, I was just like not that interested in school. I was more excited about like making presentations on PowerPoint, oh, okay. pitching different ideas for how the school could work differently, think differently. Mm-hmm. Came up with this uh, thing in matric or like yeah, grade eleven going into my matric year. I thought about how violent the process of going from like primary to matric to like grade eight is, right? Mm-hmm. Like okay. usually there's a lot of like initiation stuff. Yeah. Very clear bullying, mm. which the schools do absolutely nothing about, which is so crazy. <laughs> Anyways, like I remember my grade eight being just a traumatic experience. Like every person that was taller than me just felt like they needed me to know that they were taller than me. I was like, "What's the problem?" <laughs> and I'm coming in with this confidence of just like, "No, but I know who I am. I don't need yeah. you to be doing what you're doing." Mm. So in my trick, I was like, I pitched this thing. I was like, "Little brother, uh, little sister program." Which is basically every matriculant who was getting above a certain pass mark or whatever was selected to mentor a grade eight pupil that was coming into the high school. 
Mm. So it was a matriculant mentoring like a grade eight. Mm. And I'm not sure if it worked or not, but it was much more calm entry. Because like you have this matriculant who has a little bit of a responsibility to make sure that your experience is better than theirs. Mm. And it was really about mentorship, right? And I think of it being like the early versions of what I'm doing now, which is mainly just like trying to build a lot more communities for people to feel safe in some way. And right now it might be entrepreneurship, startups and small businesses, but who knows where it could be like in the future. Mm. But that's where it started was just like, I want to see if I can create things whether it's programs, whether it's like products, whether it's services that affect the way the world works in some way, like a small way. Might not be major, but like that small thing of just, can we get people to mentor each other first? You know, so that's what I was doing in high school. That's so cool. Interesting. I want to get back to the mentorship, but let's, let's continue on the journey. So varsity, mm. what did you decide on and how did you make that decision? So... You know, like, I was one of those people that only applied for varsity in, like, August or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> this man always wanted to be an entrepreneur. very early on. <laughs> and even then, I was, like, forced. My mom went there, I was like, yo, man, you need to go apply. You need to go. You need to go. And I went to UJ, mm. and I was told to study accounting. So I studied accounting. Yo, so I went not to the accountants, yo. First year I was doing accounting at UJ. And okay. then I switched to economics. Okay. okay. And then I just sort of, you know, went through just, just uh what's the word? <laughs> Are you trying to shoot my quotes? I'm I'm trying to, but I, I'm gonna just be honest. I went through like as many depressive episodes as possible for me to finally admit that this, this is not for me. Shoot. It's not for me. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> wow. Sure. You know? Okay. <laughs> okay, you you uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you were actually touching on mentorship, right? Mm. It, something hit in my head and about what I've been doing about business mentorship. I don't, I've been doing entrepreneurship um, almost from the age of 19. And I always discourage people mm. from going into entrepreneurship. Mm. Um, I think if any friend or anyone comes to me like I want to start a business, don't go work. Mm. You know, because um, in as much as it has given me some of my biggest wins, but some of my biggest losses, like that word that you don't want to say, uh, the depressive mm. episodes. I had like a two-year one that I'm still recovering from now, mm. and that is because of business. Yeah, you know. Uh, do you encourage people? Well, you've got a podcast on entrepreneurship. <laughs> encourage, and then why? Absolutely. Yeah. Why do you string people into this thing, this ship that's sometimes sinking? Yeah. And the uh, sales are burning. So if you think about it, there's two types of entrepreneurs for the most part, right? You've got the entrepreneur who doesn't have a choice. Like, you actually don't have a choice. Yeah. Like, there are no jobs. 60-something <laughs> mm, mm. percent youth unemployment, mm. national crisis. There mm. are no jobs. Mm. Mm. And if anyone says, oh, no, you just need to find the opportunities, I understand. There are opportunities out there, mm. but they're very limited. And for the most part, most of the people who are unemployed probably can't even access those opportunities, mm. right? So that, that's the first entrepreneur. You are in a corner, and there's no other way. Mm. You have to start or build something just to create some value so that other people can see that and be mm. able to leverage that to build and grow something, right? And just be sustainable. 
subsistence entrepreneurship or survival entrepreneurship is a lot more common than the other one. So the other one is, I am a genius that was anointed <laughs> by God and I can create something that can affect the world, right? Yeah. Like, I am Steve Jobs, yeah. I am okay. Walt Disney, <laughs> I am Kanye West, right? That's the other side of the, of the spectrum. These two entrepreneurs now in South Africa are starting to blend a bit into each other because the kid that starts, you know, selling Amakwinya, like, yo, Blackie said it, you know, Amakwinya. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's <laughs> Oh, do something. Yeah, just do something. Just do something. Just do something. So you've yeah. got that kid who starts, you know, I, I'm going to sell something. Yeah. And then he goes, oh, okay, this is working. Maybe I can do something more. Mm -hmm. They start taking steps mm. start taking steps so i don't i would i would say my whole thing is i encourage people to start and build things because the world that we're in now there are no safety measures there are no opportunities and because of that we will all end up having to need to build something of our own in order to survive right like mm. whether we want to or not whether you're working or not if you think about it like side hustles Mm. are insanely popular in South Africa yeah. for this exact reason. Mm. No one trusts that their job will take care of them for the rest of their life. Mm. Everyone's COVID, trying to. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So it's really about that. But I don't just say, hey, go start a business. <laughs> no. <laughs> I go, hey, you need just start and build something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's a business. I don't know if it's NGO. I don't know if it's a startup. Mm. Yeah. I don't know what it is. But you should start and build something. Here's a platform that holds all the resources that you might need. Lovely. Here's a podcast where you can learn from people that are doing the same thing. Mm. I'm not saying... Because I hate those. Yeah, I the salary is the bribe that they pay you. Do you know why I think people say that? Uh -huh. Because no one's honest about how hard entrepreneurship is. They make it, you're right, they make it seem... Because it makes it seem so easy. It's just like, no, if you start a business, you will win. It's like, no, that's not the case. Like, the failure rate in South Africa is insane. It's insane. Arguably harder to do business than find a job. I don't know. I think you have to choose your heart. But even things like that might make it... I'm doing it because it's macho, because it's hard, you know, and when people don't actually, because there are people who love paying life on hard mode, Okay. you know, they for are, no reason. yeah, for no reason, they're just people who love, who love struggle credentials, sorry, sorry to people, but, <laughs> we're going to get canceled, so yeah, and I see that mentorship, <laughs> <laughs> I see that mentorship is quite important mm. um, to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Taban called it key. Key. And you yeah. are blessed that um, you get to do it on such a big platform. But um, I heard you talking about Yoko. Mm. And did you know that you were interested in entrepreneurship before joining Yoko? Or did you get into Yoko and see the struggles and the real life ex um, experiences of, of entrepreneurs? And if so, who are some of the mentors that uh, guided you into that? Yeah, so it was the other way around. Like, um, 
I was basically, I had built a platform for entrepreneurs. I had started a podcast and I was doing events all, all about entrepreneurship, small business, all that stuff. And that's when Yoko said, hey, you should come and oh. you should do this for us. I mean, you're doing it for yourself. So why <laughs> not, you know, here's some budgets. <laughs> you know? um, so that's why it happened. Um, I'd say like there's been a lot of mentors. One of them that plays a really important role is like Slebuho Mulefe. So he ran um, the hookup dinner back in the day, like super important platform for entrepreneurs. Taught like so much importance on community, starting building and growing communities, mm-hmm. understanding your role in those communities to like be able to build things. So I'd say he played like one of the biggest parts because he like really, I remember how I pro- approached him as well. Like it was just, it wasn't, I think people just overestimate how complicated this might be. It's not, right? Like, I remember it was his birthday, and I saw him at a coffee shop. So I passed, and then I walked in and I said, hey, can I get you a, a, a slice of cake? Because I know it's your birthday today. He's like, oh, yeah, I, you know, and he's just having this normal day. I was like, okay, just a small thing, just to you, you know? And then I just started sharing all his work, just like, oh, it's just like, constantly share. And then one day I just said to him, hey, man, like, I love what you're doing. I think it's important. If you ever need some extra hands, please let me know. Hmm. So I offered myself as just being like an intern sort of thing. Mm. And he was like, yeah, cool, come through. And I worked for the hookup dinner for a couple of months, mainly just doing like online community stuff and like also working on the event stuff as well. And it was like, that's the time I really got to know him, understand what he was trying to do, understand his, his values. And I heard like a couple of years later that when Yoko were looking for community managers between me and someone else, and they asked him because he was like the OG of like small business in Gaudet. Yo, who do you think should do this? He said, there's only one person. Mm-hmm. So that's the power of mentorship, right? It's yeah. like... I'm not buying this story. It's too nice. You walk into a cafe, there's this guy. I went to Gentilly. I was going to... Were you stalking? Because remember, yes, I was I was. I was. This is like back then where, remember when people used to snap everywhere? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Check Coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> that was dangerous. That's cool, man. <laughs> so, I was attending the hookup dinner before I approached him, obviously. Oh, so, I was okay. attending the event, okay, seeing him out, you know, sharing his stuff. By the time I was just buying him the, 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 the cake on the day, it was just like, oh, yeah, I know this kid. Okay. He's always around. He's just like hanging in the wings, you know? I so it's just like you build this relationship like with this person. Yeah, that <laughs> because I was no, stalking you. Because that is not coincidental yeah. now. No, because... You just have to bump into him. It also shows intention. Yeah. Remember from, from Tabang's episode, yeah. it shows intention, which I think is important. So the first version made it sound like things just happened. No. This <laughs> one it's, it's very intentional. Yeah. So thanks True. for that. Strategy as um, well. How do you make yourself more attractive to mentors because everyone that's big has got 50 other people that are gunning for them that are gunning for their attention how do you sell yourself to them i think being able to show that this is going to be a uh, it's going to be a relationship right Mm -hmm. it's not going to be just me extracting as much value as i can from you 
and just feeling like I'm in, empowered. Mm. I'm actually going to be able to contribute to your vision as well. Okay. So I think understanding what your mentor cares about in that moment, in the period or season that you meet them in, mm -hmm. to say, okay, I understand that this person's really biggest focus right now is to understand podcasts from a digital perspective because they are, might be just a little bit too old to understand how things are going now. Mm. And they need a refresher. <laughs> they need a kid that's just going to come there and say, hey, here's what the kids are trying to do with this medium. Mm -hmm. And here's how you can sort of start to play a role. So for me, it's always like, I try to figure out what this person really, really cares about. Mm -hmm. And can I create value with the things that I'm building for that person? Just as much as I see the value that they might be able to give to me. And we have that formal conversation. I don't, I don't recommend starting with a formal conversation. Mm -hmm. I think just like do a drinks, do a restaurant, mm -hmm. do a chill, like just, we just get to know each other as people first before we build this like transactional thing where you go, oh yes, you want something from me, so therefore you're gonna give me your time. It's like, no. If you build a relationship with this person and you show them the value that you can add to them and you have that conversation, by the time you say to them, hey, actually I see that you're trying to do the podcast thing, but the editing is not right. I can actually help you by, you know, here's an app that you can use or let me edit it. Atembe. And they're just like, oh, yeah, cool. Sure, you can do that. It's like, oh, cool. Do you have some time on Wednesday? I actually wanted to ask you about this presentation I have. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to understand from your perspective what you think it's missing. Now they feel, oh, wait, I just got a free service from this kid. Yeah. Of course I'm going to look at his presentation. <laughs> no worries. But there you've built like a relationship. You just, yes. if, 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 if you build one of those mentorship relationships where... You just look like a kid with their hands out, yeah. but they it's are getting nothing from it. It's gonna pump. It's gonna be tump, pump and dump, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're gonna try and give you as much of this, you know, very base level advice, just so that you can be on your way because they mm -hmm. see that so many times. But when you build relationships, when you get to know people as people, and then only you turn it into a transaction, I think it's a lot better. Hmm. So I said that ten because we've got a kid who's been trying to get me as a mentor. It's just my final one, my brother. <laughs> He's been trying to get me to be their mentor. And um, funny enough, I have a meeting with him tomorrow mm. because he designed our logo. He did all of that. Um, we talk about imposter syndrome, usually from someone who's smaller, you, you know. Do you, as a mentor, ever get imposter syndrome that there is no way that I can give any value to this kid. Mm -hmm. I'm not big enough. I've not made my first million. I'm not starting doubting yourself. Yeah, I've done the same actually. Very much similar to you. Someone saying, hey, look, I'm an audio editor. Can I please come in and just like. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just me and my laptop. Now, yeah. It's just me and my laptop and my internet connection. Yeah. Like, I don't need, like, wait, man, you want to work for me? That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And I understand where it comes from because you don't necessarily think you're ready for that step. Yeah. But they do because they don't have an understanding of what you're trying to do at the time that they speak to you. Mm -hmm. If you maybe contextualized it, mm -hmm. that might change the relationship. Mm -hmm. But more than that, I think like you need to be able to tell or ask yourself like important questions about where you actually think you are. Mm -hmm. Because that's where it's usually coming from. It's the insecurity and believing that you are actually at the level where there's a kid that's saying, I just want to work for you. Yeah. So it's really an, an internal battle, that one. <laughs> <laughs>
entrepreneurship as a career do you see it as a as a career something you do or do you see it as someone something that you are is it your identity or is it something that you i can jump in and switch it off jump out yeah i don't think i'm like switching off and switching on <laughs> constantly on yeah it's always gonna be on mm. you know like i've tried yoko was my first ever permanent job okay and i i wonder if it will probably be my last like because it's, it's just it was such a unique situation where someone saying we don't want to control what you're doing mm-hmm. we think you understand who we want to talk to mm-hmm. so here's money go figure it out mm-hmm. and you're not going to get that like you're going to get that from a startup only right mm-hmm. like that's very difficult for a corporate to 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 allow firstly just from like an accounting perspective you give this money this guy money to do what <laughs> You know what I mean? So I think, you know, I don't know how, how many people you guys have had on the show that um, have worked at startups or like mm-hmm. specifically in that space. But those businesses operate differently and it operates mainly from a place of we believe that you have value to add and to create. Mm-hmm. We are going to give you everything you need to be able to do that and we're not going to control anything outside of that. Mm-hmm. So because of that, it's a very entrepreneurial environment working at a startup you feel very empowered you feel very empowered to make decisions that you probably wouldn't be able to make in corporate yeah. there's not as many you know approval levels and steps like you're not you don't worry that you have to ask 10 people yeah <laughs> in order to get something done right so because of that being an entrepreneur in a startup makes sense you can feel that you are still at some level being entrepreneur hmm. and that's a unique situation and i just don't know if i could do it again <laughs> so do you think you struggle with maybe structure is the wrong word but mm. someone else's structure <clears throat> i think i struggle with non flexibility <laughs> i want the sustainability of a job which is great uh-huh. which is like oh man it is your problem that you have to pay me this much money at the end of the month. Yeah. I don't like I don't need I'm to worry about that. that. But I think there's there's a lack of the ability to stay creative, innovative, stay creating different, you know, product services experiences where mm-hmm. you are still using your entrepreneurialness in order to do things, right? So the way I think about it is I don't want to like be one of those people that like oh man i live and breathe entrepreneurship mm. but unfortunately i am like i just that's just my life <laughs> it's just my life and right now what it looks like is like a collection of jobs right so mm-hmm. i have i'd say about three or four mm-hmm. where like you're working for different companies in a different capacity mm-hmm. really delivering a certain service or, or product to them directly mm-hmm. and it's like that is me feeling like still entrepreneurial but still working for organizations where I can have a sustainable life. So it's like the good middle part of things. Um yeah, full-time job would take a lot. They'd have to like yeah. <laughs> just do one thing. Just doing one yeah. thing would be that would be yeah, that would be tough. No, so 
funny enough, I listened to Kona uh, Juta and yeah. Debbie, and I didn't know that it was y- y- one of your platforms. Um, it was part of Lucha's podcast yeah, network. Yeah. 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 So, what else do you guys do? Tell us more about Lucha. So, it's an interesting place right now. Like, for the past like four years, we were defining ourselves as a podcast network, which is basically you try and build out a bunch of different properties around certain topics or verticals, right? So, okay. you try and build a podcast in food, you build a podcast in travel. You, you build a podcast in politics, news, whatever else it is. Mm-hmm. And you try and build really great brands around them, and then you build communities around them. Unfortunately, what I didn't realize and like understand was how much it was going to cost just to make one of those podcasts successful. So I can do one my podcast. That's great. But once you add a second and a third and a fourth, you're dealing with a lot of factors. And without the proper team and structures and like a system, what you end up doing is like losing out on, on like the magic that really makes the podcast good. Mm-hmm. So I think like now I don't know what it is. You found me at a very good time because <laughs> it's just like it's an interesting thing that like right now I think it's it's a media company that needs to figure itself out and find itself again. Okay. So we opened like three different podcast studios, tested this model in different ways, and now it's like no. The podcast studio model doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Cool. What's the model that does work? What does that look like? Hmm. So now, all the podcasts that we had on the network, those are independently owned by the creators themselves. Okay. So they sort of create the content and they're putting it out on their own channels and stuff like that. Oh. And what we're doing now is doing like a complete rethinking of like what this company is and what it actually does. That's very honest. So they've decoupled. <laughs> <laughs> They've decoupled themselves from, from the yeah, nature. Because like okay. technically what we wanted to do was like wipe the slate clean completely. Okay. When I spoke to a mentor about this, I was like, yo man, I'm closing down the studio and this and that. And he was like, I think it's time to let go. I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, but when you let go, let go for real. So give up ownership, like complete control to all these platforms, mm-hmm. to the people that own them. Let them you know, figure this out and build on from there. But your role now is to figure out what the next iteration of this is because you've spent too much time failing at this version. The mistake we make is like, you fail the first time and you think you actually need to keep going. What you don't realize is like, no, this doesn't work. <laughs> You're supposed to stop. That's really <laughs> tough. Because when do you decide? Because I feel you know there's that thing you always, I just need to push it a little bit more. Right? Yeah, I'm about no, to break don't push it a little bit. About, <laughs> no, yeah. but wait. Stop when and assess. You, when okay. you okay, you stop and assess and then stop and assess. Yes. Right. Like when, because when, this is where you need to know if it's time for the funeral or not. Oh, <laughs> you get what I mean? Like, and I think that there's a difference between um, you don't have what it takes to be able to do this mm. right now versus. Um, this model probably doesn't work because your market is not the market where it's going to work. That's very different. Mm. Right? The other one is like, oh, we can figure this out. If we had a bigger team, if we had better people, whatever else. But it's like, no. It's very tough to do that in the moment. And what do you suggest? What are the strategies? Do you get external people that you trust? That's where the mentors (laughs) The mentors. Mm. Mentors, business developers, Excuse me. Um, incubators, uh, accelerators. All these people have a no, role to play. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not in this. 
I think you need you need so many people thinking about what you're building just as much as you are. And those people having expertise in certain places. Mm-hmm. The reason why like the model didn't work for us, right? And I say for us because I do think someone else might figure this out, mm-hmm. right? For me it was like, you know, you need a certain amount of money just off the bat, just to make a media company work. Like just day one, you need something. Mm-hmm. You can't build a business like this with nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? You need resources, you need people. People being the most important one because mm-hmm. Someone needs to shoot it, cut it, edit it, publish it, analyze all of that, yeah, and then be able to start So for me, it's like there's so much more that goes into just making one of these things successful. Yeah. And if you don't, you know, dedicate yourself completely, it's just not going to work. So I made all the mistakes. I'm writing a talk right now called How to Not Build a, a, a Podcast Business. Wow. Because I know I'm an expert. Three Silent. years failing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You're scary. I'm scary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> scary in the sense that um, I hate this estimation, but I think you might be about four or five years older than me. Yeah. Um, if you're not, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and every time I go through a failure, I'm like, this is the last one. Like, after here, I'm going to get it right, you know? And then you see an entrepreneur four years older than you saying, ah, just went through a failure, getting into another one. And then you see uh, John, who was a guest, um, who was one of our guests. Um, I was on the phone with him, and he's like, ah, I won you again, you know? (laughs) Who's now 20 years. Who is. And like, when when does this, yeah, who's probably like 20 years older than you, you know? And I'm like, yo, when does this actually stop you know and now we are into podcasting and i think we had set a target for ourselves that all right after this many episodes like now we're not gonna look at the numbers then we're gonna see if it's a success or not (laughs) (laughs) so this is scary now it's like looking into the future you know and i think like it's different I think podcasts will survive. Podcast businesses might struggle. Mm. So you're seeing this with like really established and important platforms. Like there's this company called Gimlet Media. Mm. They were like one of the guys that really pioneered the podcast network model. They did like extremely well. Mm. They got bought by Spotify for like 300 million, whatever it was. And it was going great. Last week or two weeks ago, they were completely absorbed into Spotify podcasts division. So basically, that business is gone, right? And Spotify can no longer sustain it as its own thing. It is now just like inside. Same thing with like Anchor and a couple of other businesses where they were just like media companies bought by a tech and then brought in and then just like absorbed. And you're seeing stuff like BuzzFeed News completely shut down, uh, Vice News completely like, you know, struggling. This is a media business problem. It's not a me problem, <laughs> right? And I think this is where the individual creators or individual platforms that are built specifically with very little resources but can drive meaningful impact, mm-hmm. they'll be good. So me as a creator, I'm a very successful business in that sense. Yeah. But the business of creating this whole thing into a, 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 an organization mm-hmm. of its own, that's different. So I think creators now are going to do a lot more better because like 
you, you're running on very little resources, very little overhead. You're usually the only employee. Mm -hmm. When brands pay you, you can be very, very intentional about how you invest that money into you and you being the business, right? Like the things you do with that money and how you start to navigate is like so important. But I think those will survive a lot better, even with podcasts. I think podcasts are in a great place, mm -hmm. mainly because I think there's such a white space of content that young South Africans just have not accessed yet. Hmm. And it's like, because of our internet access problems, which no one wants to talk about, yeah. we still have a significant population of people who are just not accessing the stuff that's on there, right? So hmm. what happens when we get a lot more young people connected? Yeah. What happens when they start using their phones at a lot deeper pace, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think most people are using their phones to call, WhatsApp, whatever it is. Yeah. <clears throat> what happens when they open YouTube the first time and mm -hmm. your, your podcast is the one that pops up because mm -hmm. it has South Africa and Korea in it? And this mm -hmm. person is like, what, 15 years old. They've never ha ha heard anyone that was an entrepreneur, auditor, an accountant, or, uh, whatever else actually speak about what they do and that unlocks something in them so i think there's going to be massive massive success it's just a very long game very long game yeah. so we must now <laughs> no, I agree. um the podcasting and, and i think we've spoken about it a lot of times you see mm -hmm. and i think you also touched on it um, earlier just, i think it was just before we started recording to say um they'll discover your thing and then mm -hmm. they want to go back yeah and, you know so that tells you already, by five episodes, that's not the time for you to say, how am I doing? Yeah. You know. <laughs> I forgot about my numbers until 50. <laughs> until you got to 50, 50 episodes. Yeah, before 50 episodes, I never used to look at my numbers at all. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's because, like, again, you build that room to fail, where you're yeah. just like, as long as we stay consistent on creating this thing, yeah. and we just put it out the right way, and we make sure that we're putting it out at a certain quality, a certain mm. level, and we're making sure the people that need it are, are seeing it, mm -hmm. we've done our job. Mm. It's, a, it's a big like Rick Rubin quote. He has this thing about you are completely responsible for the input. You, are, you guys are making the podcast. Yeah. You are using the cameras, you are doing the mics, you are editing the work. Mm -hmm. You're writing the questions, you're putting everything together. You, you market it, you put it out on social media, you share it, right? Mm -hmm. That's your job. Mm. There's nothing you can do about the other side. Mm. Who it reaches, how it reaches them, all these things where like the output, you can't do anything. Hmm. You just need to let it go, let it live, let it find itself, let it find the people that need it. Hmm. And I think like we just don't give ourselves enough time to do that because mm. Social media just got us onto the, oh man, I need to be winning right now. Yes. So, <laughs> I can wait until 50 episodes because I, like, I don't do my work from a place of ego. It's just like, let me just keep doing this. I'm going to probably start like three different podcasts about other stuff and just like let it live. Because for me, it's just like there's someone that's going to find this at the right time in their life and they're going to go, oh crap. I don't need to go through these mistakes. I can just learn from everything that these people are saying. Crazy. It's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say he must keep our passwords like uh, uh, hide them from us. Like, I realize a lot of the information <laughs> it's publicly available. <laughs> so I think uh, as as we as we're winding down this episode, it's been a great episode, and I think 
So what's clear in every episode is that we don't even touch 10% of the things yeah, that of we Yeah, of the things that we want, yeah. Oh, tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's good, because now you can come back, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so we, we always like to ask our guests three important questions. Okay. That sort of um, give our audience a, a chance of to, to explore how this looks for different people, right? Okay. Sometimes there's similarity, sometimes there's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The first the first one is yours. <laughs> and right? with the first question first being um, and don't be humble. Okay. I need you to brag. Okay. What has been your biggest win? Oh, that's interesting. Of all time or like recently? Ooh, no, let's not say all time. All <laughs> let's say if you say all time it means it will be your biggest and that's it. Right? <laughs> oh yes. So so far. <laughs> so, so, far. Far. so far so far i'd say the work i did at yoko was the most important thing i've done yeah because that was building a community for small businesses that really really like drove impact in their lives mm-hmm. like we were fundamentally affecting how people wanted to start building growth things mm-hmm. and we were constantly just like challenging people to want more for themselves mm-hmm. so i would say like yeah from the very first day i joined yoko to the very last like every piece of work was really dedicated to a clear mission to enable people to thrive. Mm. And that for me is a massive achievement. And mm. yeah, when I joined Yoko, there was like less than 15,000 customers. When I left, there was like 250,000. Yeah, sure. So for me, it's just like, wow, man, I contribute. Even if it was just a little bit, I contributed something to that. And Yoko just like, I love their model and how accessible they made um that swiping thing like there's a lady i follow on twitter she sells archer yes 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 yes. and she's got a yoko machine there like even businesses that i support the guys that wash my shoes yoko is there as well so shout out shout out to yoko (laughs) you're looking for a podcast to sponsor (laughs) (laughs) yeah just intent yeah okay so i think the next one should be a bit easier Okay. Uh, because we've already sort of spoken about it a lot oh, throughout the episode. <laughs> yeah. Failures. What was your biggest one? And from there, what was the biggest lesson or takeaway? Mm. Biggest failure. Biggest. That's interesting. Yeah. No, there's run. been a lot. Yeah, the biggest failure. <laughs> 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 I'd say Lucha's right now okay. is a difficult place. But it's hard to quantify it as a failure because I'm not done. It's mm. right there. I just think I just need to unlock a new vision for what this is. Yeah. Okay. I just think that there's room for an African media company that fundamentally challenges what it means to create content for young black people in this continent or across the world. Mm-hmm. And that media company is not, it's not there yet. Mm. And maybe this can be that. So we've tried the podcast model. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm thinking about this. Okay. It's like, the last three years, what we tried to do was build a media company that was anchored in podcasts. Mm. Now we're just trying to build a media company mm. that has podcasts. Podcast is one of the platforms. It's just one thing. Yeah. It's just one thing. Lovely. You can build meaningful things. Mm. Okay. <laughs> last question. Um, oh, excuse me. Um, think about if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? Something completely different from this whole building, engaging, empowering, 
enabling. Encouraging and enabling <laughs> entrepreneurs. Forget about all of the that. The last yeah. E of that. There's one last E, education. Yes. Education. Oh, education. Okay. And that's education probably what I would be doing. You'd be a teacher. A business teacher. Business economics. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. Take us through that. Well, it's, why it's, economics? It's, it's why the same teaching? thing as, as, as what I'm doing now, only just like on the ground, right? Like okay. you get to possibly influence one kid in your class to think differently about the world and think that they have something to contribute mm. and not that they just need to fit into systems. It's like, mm. Maybe you could do that for someone, you know? You know, I like this question. <laughs> I like my this teacher's question, also been like, uh, my mom's been a teacher for about 30 years plus. Oh, okay. And I've seen the work Our that she's done also. and what it does. I like this question because it's sort of, a lot of times people have already thought about it. Yeah. They might not have yeah. said it out loud or whatever, but this is like the opportunity where, you know, you can see people are very tied to their, let's call it destination or purpose, mm. right? They, they say, if I wasn't doing this, I'd find another way of just doing that, of fulfilling the very same thing that I've been doing. Actually, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. So this would just definitely be just another way. That's another way to get to And on that very beautiful note, before we close, uh, before we close, before we close, before we close you, you heard what you heard? No, 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 I want Mashuri to sort of, um, have any closing marks? Oh, okay. Yeah, just plug your podcast, plug what you're doing, anything that you you want to ask to close on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have anything. No, it's like, okay, well, plug the podcast for you. I'll say th <laughs> thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Sure. I really appreciate it. I think like you must never underestimate the power of like creating content mm -hmm. that actually matters and is going to educate someone in some way. Yeah. Like that person can take that information and use it in their life in some way. So mm -hmm. if you're creating content and you're watching this or you're, like, you're thinking about it, I hope you do because like, it's such an important thing. We underestimate it because yeah. we think, oh man, there's so much available, but mm -hmm. it's important. So mm -hmm. shout out to you guys. That's what I'm gonna close with. Oh. <laughs> thank you so thank you. much for showing you. And on that note, on that note. Uh, thank you guys for watching another episode of Nine to Life. We hope this is not your last one. And if it's your first one, go check out our other episodes. We have other interesting people and other interesting careers. Anyway, subscribe on YouTube. We are now available on Apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm. We're available on Spotify. Okay. We're available on Amazon. Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. Yes. We, are, we are there, guys. Yeah, so yeah. wherever you want to enjoy 9 to Life. And thank you so much. Tell your friend to tell their friend to tell their mother tell their aunt. That's a good outro. <laughs> <laughs> No, they change every week. Like, there's sometimes yeah. horrible. Yeah, we're learning. Yeah, we are, we are learning. Okay. My brother. Yeah, I enjoyed okay. this one. And you really did. Yeah. All right. You really, really, really. <laughs> you never see me this happy. No. I was about to say, I was about to say, hey,